Stephen Ryan Jarvis. Adam, how are we getting on? Not bad. It's a Tuesday. We're recording the day before your release. And I'm... Jesus, that sounded a bit time capsule, didn't it? I'm being extremely oh. formal altogether. I'm great. Uh, I think I was trying to say that it's a Tuesday and that generally when we're doing weekly, we record on a Monday and I've got the, the Monday blues. But I think facing into a Wednesday now, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm very good. I had a lovely weekend. I was away and that's why we're recording. I went off traveling around the wild Atlantic way. One might say I was having a wild Atlantic way. <laughs> uh, can you go back? No. I I don't particularly like the wild Atlantic way or Ireland's ancient east. Well, I think the Ireland's thing. ancient east one is such a fucking cop because you're on the border with Limerick, which is very much in the west. And you see signs for Ireland's ancient east as soon as you hit tip. So it's like, fuck right off. This isn't the east. Stop trying to pretend it's the east. Yeah, no, it's bollocks. The the reason I'm not fond of it is because I was working in a marketing agency when this uh, whole Wild Atlantic Way thing came out. And a big focus for these guys was on tourism. So Mm. they would get all the, the kind of plans of look we're launching this campaign and this is what's going to be in it and this is everything. So I got to see firsthand how pointed and planned and how much outreach was done on behalf of the people organising it. And it just made me think, ah, go fuck yourself. I think all marketing is that way. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But but just particularly when it came to we're packaging, uh, you know, natural and historical stuff. Which, I mean, I guess you have to do, you know, it, it's it's how you attract the visitors. And I'm sure you can count at least a million visitors because of the campaign since its start. Uh, I think that would be quite uh, conservative. Oh, yeah. Saying it. I mean, it was a success and it, it's exactly what they wanted and it's why they do it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's all it's all cynical. But your time wasn't cynical. My time was not cynical. I had in a Cork, boy. lovely time. I was down in Cork. I went to Luigi Malone's in Cork. Of course you did. Of course I did. I love that place. For people listening, anytime Stephen is up and we meet, I don't need to ask him where we're going to eat anymore. It's just Luigi Malone's. Yeah, I love that spot. And I had a stein of beer. How continental of you. I didn't realise you were such a, a continental person. I, yes, I'm, I'm, it's the European way. What do you think of Stein's of beer? Um, great, I mean, great value if you get them at, at good price. Well, but... this wasn't great value. It was like pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to get a good value Stein in Ireland because they're selling, again, it's a marketing thing. They're selling the novelty. Um, Honestly, it's too big. Big, heavy glass, too, bigger than a normal pint. I don't. I don't need it unless there is some kind of quantity saving there. Yeah. No. I like. I had it, and I was very much. I was there with my novelty factor, enjoying it. But I was also looking at it, going, "This is very fucking big and cumbersome and awkward." But the thing is, if I had two pints, I could order my first pint and it'd be cold and it'd be nice, and then I'd order my second pint and it'd be cold and nice. But by the time you get to the bottom of your stein, it's gone kind of warm. So. You know, I think it's a better plan. If you go to Cologne in Germany, 
they give you pint glass that are about 200 or not pint glass obviously glasses that are about 200 mils yeah because they say you know you should be getting it as fresh as it possibly can be so this is the rationale for giving you tiny glasses of beer uh clone's actually a great reference for that because they have the cold beer which um if you go into a pub in cologne and order a glass of cold you could feasibly be getting a different beer in every bar because they've got so many local breweries and only one name for the thing. But they do always come in these just little uh, continental sized glasses when you see all the continental people who can't handle their big beers. And it's it's perfect. You drink it, it's still cold. You get the next one, it's still cold. And because it's smaller it's it, it and because it's Germany, it, it's more cost effective. Yeah, it's very laborious for them though to be drawn drink to you. That's where... The overlap doesn't come and I think that's why Irish people especially get suckered with steins is we have this thing of yeah the bigger it is I'll drink it like Jesus when I was a student uh, I remember going to a festival in Drogheda and they gave you like uh, a samba festival oh yeah 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 I used to go up there every year and they'd give you it was like a, a pitcher of beer for a tenner and we just get the pictures and say, keep the glass, it's fine, I'll drink it out of the pitcher. Which I think is, is um, a very Irish thing. And I that's believe why the term you're for looking for is muck savage. <laughs> I don't think it's a particularly muck. Maybe it is. Maybe you have a point. But yeah, I, I think it's, we, if we see a stein, a pint isn't going to feel the same. But when you're on the, the continent... You're, you'll see Italians and Germans and stuff just having that little glass of beer and being content with that and maybe they'll have another one maybe they won't but that do not work for us no it's it's the continental way what a shower of continent maybe it might work in Brussels or Copenhagen but not here <laughs> you've got a great story but I want to come back to that at the end because I think there's something I want to talk about that fits absolutely into this continental chat one. I so I was on Twitter yesterday and I saw someone shared a picture of a fella in a big high vis orange jacket with social welfare inspector on the back of it and he was talking to people at a terminal in Dublin Airport. Oh I was reading a bit about this, this stopping the holiday makers to make sure they weren't getting their getting their jollies, yeah. So I looked into it because I was like, Jesus, that's a bit dystopian and what is a a social welfare guy doing in Dublin Airport don't they have better things to be doing like by the time this goes out undoubtedly everyone in Ireland is going to have heard of it by the time I was reading about this yesterday it was just it was only coming out so what happened was since the start of July about 104 people have lost their pandemic unemployment payment because they were travelling abroad hmm. uh, for what the government are calling non-essential reasons and in addition to that another 44 general social welfare payments were lost like job seekers or the mm. the uh, the benefit of the allowance they were stopped for a similar reason i also read that at least one person because of traveling abroad lost their child benefit payment oh child benefits a weird one yes so this new thing that's come in does not just apl- apply to the pop the the pandemic unemployment payment it applies to all social welfare payments there's lots of stuff I want I want to say about it, but because I I've found out about this and I was so like, Jesus Christ, this is a bit extreme. I did my research and I think someone kind of put it very succinctly and very 
very correctly in my opinion so i said it maybe it's better to kind of paraphrase someone there's a, a people before prophet td paul murphy mm. pointed out that this wasn't announced anywhere so people didn't people people traveling people who had arranged to travel didn't know that they were at at risk of losing their payment yeah which also doesn't pay credence to the idea that this was a move done for people's safety oh it isn't a move done for people's safety it's pure adding the halfpence to the pence and prayer to shivering prayer bollocks from a right-wing shower of fucknuts uh, yeah exactly and now he went on to point out that while we are cutting people's payments for wanting to go out and we are act- actively um actively checking in Dublin airport for people going out there is nowhere near as much checks on people coming in yeah. Which is just a, a horrible example of how unfair this is. It's like a punishment for being unemployed that you can't travel. Now, yeah, we kind of have to say, look, you shouldn't be traveling anyway. Now is not a great time to travel. But there is like the mental health benefit of just having a holiday, of being able to go somewhere. Mm. And beyond like the, that benefit, just outright telling someone you can't go on holidays because you're poor, basically, mm. is disgusting. But it's not even saying that you can't go on holidays because you're poor. It's basically saying, we've taken your job from you in the national interest, and now we're trying to drive you into poverty because you seek to maintain the lifestyle that you had beforehand. Great point, yeah. These people would have a job if the government didn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. The government made this decision on their behalf, and this was the trade-off, that they would cover the, the wages, people would stay at home in order for the nation to be safe. Now, it's a case of people who might want to go on a holiday because, I mean, we all fucking need a holiday, let's face it at this point. We're on episode 46. Can you imagine that? 46 episodes of us giving out at this point. People need a break. If yeah. People need a break. If, if not from COVID, from us. People need a break, and I don't, I don't quite blame anyone for wanting to go abroad. I mean, like you said, I know we're being told not to. I know it's, it would be the safer, better thing to not do it. But I mean, people's circumstances are do differ. Certainly, and you kind of have to bank into the fact that people, even if they are unemployed now, will have booked and paid for holidays even as early as last even year. Even the government's um, guidelines. I mean. Publishing a green list, green, of course, meaning don't go, you know, (laughs) everything about everything about it is stupid and wrong. It's it is. And you did you did you hear Leo's response to being questioned about it? What did he say? So uh, backseat Taoiseach Leo Varadkar said. And uh, isn't he a backseat fucking Taoiseach? Oh, absolutely. the, the fucker is so detrimental to the national interest at this point. He is so... He's playing so much party politics. People left him alone to try do the job. He's doing the exact opposite. Complete pompous asshole. Has yeah. really shown himself up in recent weeks as being the paltry fucking puppet leader that he is he totally he bumbles around in an air of smugness he's just he's awful and his when when asked about this he gave the typically privileged upper class hating the poor leo thing that you'd expect him to say 
He says, it's my understanding that in order to receive the pandemic unemployment payment, you have to be seeking work. Like, people are getting this because they lost their job and they'll get, maybe they'll get their and job back. And he cost back. them their job because, again, they stayed at home because they were asked to do so. And you touched on a, a fab point about a political point playing is one fellow who was super vocal about how unfair this was over the over the weekend when it came out was Willie O'Dea. Why? What was he saying? He basically, when he heard, when he, Maria, when he heard about it, he said, this is unfair. This is punishing poor people. This is, we, you know, we advise not to go, but we can't say that one class of people can't go when another class can. Actually, I'll come back to Willie in a second, uh, as is my want to do. Also, when asked <laughs> about this uh, Taoiseach Michal Martin, all he did was say, he did, uh, again, a typically Fianna Fáil thing is he passed the book. He he pretty much literally said, oh, social protection, that's Fine Gael's department. And he said, I'll have an investigation into to, into it, which is such a, a Fianna Fáil, yeah, well, yeah, let's have an investigation, not answer for your actions and decisions, just pass the book on down. But mm. back to Willie. Willie was a fella who went, yeah, this is this is bad. I'm against this. I want to help protect people. Now, when this first came in, it, it had to be voted on. Which the... This policy or whatever you want to call it to, to cut the payment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't have the statistics for who voted the first time to actually introduce it. But there was a vote today. Because I think, again, Paul Murphy called for this to be rescinded. And Mm. I do have the stats from that vote. Right. As you would predict, everyone in Sinn Féin voted to get rid of it. Uh, Everyone in the Labour Party voted to get rid of it. Everyone in the Stoke Dems, uh, people for profit, most independents voted to get rid of it. Unanimously, in Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Green Party, they voted to keep it. And there were mm. no abstentions, right. which means for all his talk, Willie still voted for it. Yeah. I mean, would your expectations be very much different? It's just so uh, disheartening that people are getting away with this fucking double talk. Especially when it, it, it affects just normal people who, who want what to exactly, have a life. What, exact, what exactly was the vote again? What was the... The what, vote what were, was to rescind this policy... Of um, the ability to take the payment off people going traveling. Oh yeah, yeah. No, like I will say, there is something I've 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 seen in politics done in the past, and I I, I do expect that uh, what you're saying is very is is probably exactly what happened. But there is also a case whereby, if say the opposition are entering a motion, the wording on it might be in such a fashion that you couldn't put it through. Now, I don't know whether that is or isn't the case. And I mean, that this is just me being cynical about politics generally, that I, I that, that was something that rushed to my mind. Would I expect it to be any different if it was straightforward? No. But it was just something that crossed my mind that I kind of go, maybe it would explain something, but I, I, I doubt it. Um, I mean, that's a very solid point. There could very well be just, um, if this isn't our wording, we don't approve it. And I, it just kind of hit home with me because... Like, especially cutting regular benefits right now, mm. it, it seems so wrong because, like, before on, on job seekers' uh, benefit or allowance, you could take a two-week holiday. 
that was your entitlement. All you had to do was go tell them when you'll be gone and they'd have their payment, your payment there for you when you get back. Like I like even myself, I have I was on uh, social welfare for almost three years and I never had a problem. I would just go, look, going on a holiday. I never went for two weeks, never mind. But all they say was, yeah, go for it. Have a good time. And it, it yeah, it just it sat really wrong with me because they're fucking with payments that aren't that that were you know institution before covid came mm. along they're not the covid payment so i wrote to uh minister for social protection heather humphreys to ask a lot of questions about it because good for you really this time yesterday there was no information all the all we knew was that since the 7th of july people had been losing payments and up until Sunday, late Sunday night and, and, and through Monday, this wasn't widely reported at all. People didn't know that they could lose their payment. Uh, and I, I, I basically just asked her like really a lot of uh, simple questions. Like I asked for the wording of the policy or legislation because I wanted to see what it was like uh, and it hadn't been published anywhere. Now, it was published today and to be honest, it's it's just jargon. Uh, I asked if, if she could comment on if this could potentially go on longer than the COVID pandemic, if this would be an effect on general job seekers payment. I asked, what else did I ask? Really just general questions. Yeah. Um, Like how would, if you could reapply after having your payment revoked and will the previous re- re- revoking have any standing that would block your payment again? And if there's a process for how we review what essential and non-essential travel is for people taking holidays. And of course, I got no fucking reply. I also emailed, just because I figured I wouldn't get a response from Heather Humphreys, I emailed Dublin uh, Social Protection Office and the one for Kilkenny as well. Obviously, the only one that got back to me was Kilkenny. And all they asked me was, um, give us your PPS number and we'll check the status of your payment. And I was like, guys, I, I don't have a payment. I just want information. Yeah, yeah. And I got no response again off him. Which is just like the barriers to, first of all, finding who you ask a question to and and how you get information from yeah. them. There, there's no way to empower yourself at all. Well, you and you contacted everyone via email. Yeah. Mm. Which, it, it just put me off. But... I do have a solution. Okay. Since the end of last month, we've been able to travel anywhere in Ireland, mm. which gives rise to this whole staycation thing. Uh, now, of course, people are kind of taking the piss with, with the whole staycation. Staycation traditionally means stay in your own town, not fuck off to Donegal. No, I think that's, I, I would say staycation generally means just staying in Ireland, not going abroad. Um, well, it's debatable. But but anyway, it, it the government have introduced this stay and spend incentive that basically from from the 1st of October until next April they're giving tax incentives to pretty much everyone to just spend locally spend in Ireland mm. so every receipt you get for every pint you have once you go home for Christmas and see friends and family every meal out you have keep every fucking receipt and stick it to the cunts I'll I'll have to read up a little bit about this. Do you know a bit more about it? Yeah, I do. Um, so I I can I, I can pretty much quote directly from their site to encourage people to holiday at home. The government has announced a new stay and spend incentive. The scheme allows you to claim a certain amount of tax back on accommodation, food, 
non-alcoholic drink oh there goes my pint thing purchased between for it should include pints that's ridiculous uh, between 1st of October 2020 and the 30th of April 2021 under the terms of the incentive you must spend a minimum of 25 euros on qualifying expenditure and submit the receipt to revenue using a mobile app they've even got an app it's going to be super easy to do you may submit receipts up to a total of 625 or 1250 for a jointly assessed married couple uh, revenue will provide an income tax credit of 125 euros per taxpayer or up to 250 for jointly assessed married couples so it's not a huge amount we're going to get back but if everyone does it they'll feel it now here's one big thing that really annoyed me because like similarly i'm just back from a staycation and i had a lovely time and i really enjoyed it but one thing that really annoyed me about it was for all the singing and dancing about you know you stay stay in ireland if you want to have a pint you have to have a table in a restaurant and you can only stay there for 90 minutes you can only stay there for 90 minutes so every restaurant is full to the brim because anyone who wants a pint now has to have a full table at the restaurant yeah so your staycation is a bit fucked from the get-go because uh it's like unless you have everything well planned in advance and i'm sure in the coming weeks as as this becomes more of an issue people will start to do that and everywhere will be booked out so going to wherever it is that you're going i noticed it particularly in killarney i was walking around the street I couldn't get into any restaurant on a Tuesday. Oh, fuck. I couldn't get into anywhere because to get food or or drink because of of this policy of you having to get food with your drink. So every restaurant is chock-a-block full. So you can't get food. So it kind of fucks your entire holiday. So it's really, really annoying, that aspect of it. And that'll come back. That'll, that'll come back. I mean, telling people to to have a staycation in a circumstance where by they haven't created a circumstance where you can have a real staycation and no you can't have a staycation if you can't go for a pint yeah or even a meal if you can't go for a meal if you're going somewhere to starve for the week that's a waste of time (laughs) you know that's such a beautiful way to put it so what they really need to do is to sort that out and the way to sort it out is to open it up so that people so that people can go and have a drink, maybe in the park. Open up all those laws so that people yeah. can go outside and have their drink and, and free up the restaurants for people who need to eat. Instead instead of driving people who want to have a drink into the restaurant to take up a table on somebody who wants their food. Yeah. So well so they need to sort that shit out. That was it really it really annoyed me. Not only because I was hungry and walking the street, but it annoyed me because well when I say hungry, wanting pints, but <laughs> it's, it, it really annoyed me just because of it, the same thing, telling people, oh, you've, you know, you have to staycation, you have to stay at home, you have to do this, and then not providing a circumstance whereby businesses can facilitate this properly. You're holding up your end and the government aren't holding up theirs. Exactly. The government yeah. uh, can go and fuck. Go and fuck. Very annoyed with them. And Varadkar particularly, just to get that in there. Yeah, the, the Varadkar and Martin kind of are reminding me of Mrs. Bucket and Richard when they're driving. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, 
thank you for indulging me in my rant there. It's just something I was particularly passionate about because it just seems a real kick in the fucking teeth to people who are disadvantaged at the moment. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. No, it's it's really annoying. Let, let common sense dictate they don't travel. Even just while we're on a, a rant against incompetent governance, the other one is live comedy at the minute and live music. You can put a film on a stage and have a drive-in. So the audiences drive in. This is brought up in the doll by um, Michael Healy Ray during the week because and Bernard, he mentioned Bernard Casey. We were friends with Bernard. Um, I saw that, but yeah. You can put a film on a screen and people can drive in and watch it, but you can't put somebody standing on that stage. And the same for Dolan's having to cancel their gig with Gavin yeah. James down on the docks. I mean, when when people are doing everything right and trying their hardest to keep their businesses afloat, trying their hardest to, to come up with these, with the ingenuity to make these things happen, to make these things safe for people, and then to be constantly batted back by ignorance is very difficult. I mean, it, it's... In a more rebellious country, it would really elicit a reaction. I think Irish people, we really have a an attitude of, oh, look, sure, look, let's just get on with it. But the the less we give normal people to look forward to and to do, the, the harder we're making this, the, the harder than it, uh, than it needs to be. And you know what's annoying is idiots rallying against us. <laughs> Your likes of John Waters and that other one. These people who have semi-coherent racist politics um oh you're talking about jim O'Darty? yeah yeah you can't they they're the only people sort of railing against it the criticism even criticism of the government just isn't there at the minute and you couldn't you couldn't get on board with anything those wallies say no uh, but there's no one to criticize because as soon as Sinn Féin opened their mouths everyone just calls them terrorists which is complete like we we've got to a point now where the the two parties that traditionally I know it comes from a, a deeper uh, civil war politics but there were still the main two parties who would be you know in power and opposition and now they're fucking in bed together and when something goes wrong as we see we mentioned earlier the Taoiseach's response is oh that's their department they're still fucking they can't still can't get it right yeah yeah we're going through a very crap period of government at the minute and have been since the 1970s feels that way at this point doesn't it (laughs) but yeah we're going through we're going through a very just a a very poor standard of 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 government very poor standard of um of sort of political courage yeah absolutely agreed uh there's no backbone and you know the all the goodwill they've earned themselves or at least Fine Gael maybe you could say earned themselves uh, for dealing with the pandemic uh, is just so quickly draining away. Yeah, and I hope I hope it does. I hope they get the recognition for their fist in it because it was very much an attempt to saddle Fianna mm-hmm. Fall. And I hope I hope there's an acknowledgement of the shared crapulence of both of them. That's it. You can't hand someone a poison chalice if you're drinking from it as well, like. Yeah, and this is what they attempted to do. Mm. Brighten up the day a bit because I know you have a great story and we're approaching 40 minutes now so I want that good good news how was he? 
So I went down to school on Sunday morning to buy pizza from Ian Bailey. Uh, alleged pizza maker. Alleged pizza maker and remains alleged pizza maker because I didn't get pizza. Oh, Jesus. You have to order your pizza or pre-order your pizza or something from him. So he couldn't, oh, can't fuck. just truck on up and go give me a pizza. Is this a COVID measure or is he is he that infamous that you have to pre-order pizza? I think it's because he... Um, Allegedly killed a woman. <laughs> I think it's because he cooks them at home or something and brings them. Or something like this. <laughs> or prepares them at home and brings them. So, you know, you have to have it ordered in advance. Now, he does have a little stall there. That There's no... Yeah, do you know what? I think you were right last week uh, saying he didn't do it. There, No one can get away with murder with that poor uh, planning. Yes. So, he had a stall there with little trinkety bits. And I bought a bust of Samuel Beckett off him. <laughs> So I'm okay. going to, so I can leave my Samuel Beckett on my bookshelf and, you know, anyone who kind of looks at it and goes, oh, who's this? I'd be like, more importantly, well, we have a story here. And I went up and I was just looking and he asked me where I was from. And I said, Killaloo. And he re- started reading me a poem from his book about Brian Brew from Killaloo. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's exactly what you want from one of these interactions whereby all you really want is an interaction. That's so good. Like, imagine meeting Ted Bundy and he giving you a cross stitch. It's so weird. Yeah, it's it's great. Great. Um, I mean, when I just was there and wanted to find out, you know, just what wanted an interaction and to get that as an interaction. He was very pleasant, I will say. Came across very eccentric. Do you think he knew what you were up to? I'd say he makes a fair whack of money off of people like me. Yeah. I mean, I, he has he's selling his poetry books there. And I bought a signed copy of his poetry book. Okay. And. Go on. And he's selling his poetry books. And I was kind of going, I think the fact that he's a poetry book is because people can buy. Something, yeah. Will buy, will buy a signed copy of his poetry book because it's such a, you know. Just there's a fascination about the man. Will you read us the poem he read you? I no, you'll have to go and buy yourself an Ian Bailey. Ah, poppycock. So, like, was it weird being around him? Well, I mean, like any you know, people who know me know I've a real fascination with this case. It's just it's been something I've kind of fixated on for a number of years. So yes, it was odd. Just because I, I, I was so interested in the whole thing. Did you come back with any different conclusions having met him? No. I mean, the thing is, I I actually don't think he... from Like, I listen to the West Cork podcast. That's what I'm basing stuff on. Mm. Uh, you know, I've, I've read newspaper accounts and stuff, but you can't really base anything on that much because, it you know, it doesn't go into it in any detail. And, I mean, I don't have any personal thing in it so i you know so all my me my information is really coming from the podcast and i i just couldn't from listening to it i i couldn't find a good enough motive did did meeting him reassure you like did it assure you in your belief that he didn't do it no because he's eccentric so right i mean and this is kind a lot of his problem i think is he's such an eccentric character you know, people come away from him going, Jesus, he's fucking odd. 
you know. So how, how did he carry himself? On two very small legs. Because <laughs> he's wearing shorts. And I couldn't help but go, jeez, they're, like, he's a big man. They're very thin, small legs. Read me a poem, baby legs. <laughs> yeah. But he's wearing a weird, weird kind of a hat, you know. Yeah. I saw his Jules Thomas's his, his uh, partner's paintings and they're really good. I liked them. Okay, no blood on them. No. No. Um. So yeah, uh, all in all, a very interesting experience. I'm I'm delighted that you had that experience. That sounds so delightfully unusual, and I I can tell you appreciated it. It was delightfully unusual. That that is exactly what it was. Excellent. Well, I think I, I've brought our listeners down and you've brought them up, so we don't owe them anything else. Let's go. I will talk to you next week, Adam. Goodbye. Good luck.